I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. Hello. Air horns. Air horns. All the air horns. (laughs) We hope that you guys had a wonderful Halloween, but you know what? We're going to continue on with the spooks, because that's what we do here. So today, (laughs) we are talking about the 2010 South Korean action thriller film, according to Wikipedia, I Saw the Devil. And what a devil it was. So excited (laughs) to get into everything that is this wonderful two and a half hour movie. Uh, This film was directed by Kim Ji-woon and it stars Lee Byung-hun and Choi Min-sik. Now, if you have not seen this movie, I mean, it's 2010, but please go. It's streaming on Hulu as of now. So watch it and then come back and listen to us discuss it. And Jamie, please tell us about all the trigger warnings in this movie. Oh, boy. I mean, if there is any trigger warning you can think of, it probably exists within this movie. Um, There are a lot of insides on the outside. There is a lot of you know, assault, physical assault, but also sexual assault, a lot of murder, a lot of murdering of women predominantly, mm-hmm. um, cannibalism, mm-hmm. um, uh, guillotines chopping people's heads off, oh um, lots of body parts that are removed from where they're supposed to be. Um, also like stepping on things that hurt your feet. Step, oh, Achilles. Oh, all, all of oh, the, the awful feet and leg scene. injuries. No. If it's if there is a foot or leg injury that you find triggering, it is in this movie. Um, yes. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Um, the thing. fact that I, in the midst of everything you just said, I forgot about the cannibalism. <laughs> yeah. There was there was That's so like much going on. Like, oh part. yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh well, gosh. Be, before we get into everything, producer Brian here. Before we get into everything, um, we have a very special guest today, who was the one to suggest this movie because I don't think the three of us had seen this before <gasps> before today. Whoa. This was a new one for us. And oh my god! We, I didn't know that. We will choose movies like when we ask for your suggestion, we choose it based on if we've seen it or not because we love being introduced to something by a guest. Wow! And today, I'm so sorry I put you guys through that trauma. <laughs> no, it was a great, <laughs> great way to get to know you. <laughs> We were choosing between martyrs and this, so we. It was I give you two <laughs> tragic options. So. Yeah, totally. Um, but uh, we are so thrilled, beyond thrilled, to have mm. you know her as Horror Chronicles. 
Um, and we now know her as uh, Cindy Resendiz. Sydney. Sydney, like Sydney Prescott. Wait, what did I say? Cindy. No, I, I did not. Oh, I know your name. I'm so focused on getting the last name right. This is so wildly embarrassing. I do this every time. I have another podcast where I say the name wrong every single time, and I practice it for an hour before. And the 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 like straightforward down the line part. Of your, I don't know you what. Psych oh, yourself wow. up. You psych yourself up too much. I yeah. know. It was all in my head. It was all in my head. I saw the devil. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, Sydney, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we are s- literally so happy to have you on, on the podcast today. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm happy to be here, and I'm really happy. I try to introduce everybody I know to this movie, so I'm really happy. And again, I'm sorry. But <laughs> I hope it was worth it. I mean, let me tell you, it was definitely an entertaining it's watch. I'm excited for all of us to get into it. Sorry, go ahead, Brian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, no, I, I was just going to, uh, now I'm all over my head that I'm going to say every single word out of my mouth is going to be wrong. <laughs> oh, no. Um, uh, but that's okay. Um, so w- why don't we just, like, uh, to tell us quickly, if you can, like, what your really, oh, we're both wearing Salem shirts. Have fun. <gasps> Look at that. <gasps> nice. Oh, we're wearing the same, like. Stop it. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> And you can only see that if you're watching on YouTube right now. That's true. I love that. I don't have a cool hood, though, but it's fine. That's great. I like the stitching on yours. Anyway, yeah, follow us on YouTube. Hi, YouTube. Uh, And you can also find us, of course, on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, at TalkHorrorPod. But, um, yeah, Cindy, tell us a little bit about your relationship with horror. I know you've told us, you've said on TikTok a lot that, like, you grew up watching these with your dad. Like, can you you talk a little bit about about how it, it has influenced your whole life? Yeah, so I literally like to say I came out of the womb watching horror. Like, it was just a staple all the time, and I didn't realize until I was, like, a little bit older that, like, four-year-olds don't watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, it's not, like, a regular (laughs) thing. Like, I literally had no idea because that was just, like, completely common for me. So um, it just very quickly became a very, like, like a comfort thing. Um, and again, I've just been kind of surrounded by it my whole life in like the best way possible. So I still love it. I've never gotten sick of it. I don't ever foresee myself getting sick of it and met some really cool people along the way on TikTok and whatnot. So <laughs> yeah. yes, it's been a wild ride. Do you have a favorite subgenre? Uh, it's tough. I'd say the subgenre that scares me the most is possession horror. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. so for sure, that's like the one that actually scares me the most. So always, cool. gets yeah. Me. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about the specific content that you put on TikTok? Of course, everyone needs to check her out, but just for people who may not know what your TikTok is about. Yeah. I literally talk about all things horror, anything and everything, um, horror books, horror movies, all different subgenres. Um, I do a segment on like true crime and psychology to kind of mix the two together. Um, I have a segment where I just, you know, let everybody know that all the movies I watched that week and how I rate them. And it's just an interesting way. I think a lot of people like get introduced to movies that they otherwise wouldn't watch because I have Mm -hmm. like every streaming service known to man and I, (laughs) I will find it. (laughs) So your, your DSM five, uh, TikToks oh, yeah. are like my absolute favorites. Yeah, those I need to get ones. back on those. I fell off for a little bit, but those are fun. I like actually really enjoy doing those. So 
I do yeah. Need to do that. Well, it's such a pleasure uh, specifically for this podcast because it's nice to have another uh, mental health professional mm-hmm. on the podcast to join Jamie. So now you can take uh, the brunt of Brian and I's questions Excellent. in <laughs> our brain section. It'll be a really good, a really good time. Yeah. So yeah, are you ready to get into everything that is this? Because I just want to hear. I'm just ready to hear everybody's opinion about it. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see the devil. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I, you know, let's let's circle back on that, Jamie. Mm, okay. Mm, mm. Uh, <laughs> before we get into everything that is, I saw the devil. We need a two minute plot summary of this. Watch the plot. <laughs> And I believe Sydney is the one that is going to give that to us today as our special <laughs> guest. Very excited. Fit in whatever you can. Believe me, you will not do as bad as any of us have done in the past. <laughs> that is absolutely true. Okay. So I'm I think ready. Brian is going to time you yeah. and he'll give you the go ahead. All right. Three, two, one. All right. This movie comes out swinging. Within the first 10 minutes, you witness this absolutely brutal murder um, of this young woman um, after she is on the phone with her fiance. She gets stuck. She gets a flat tire. She's waiting on a tow truck, and she just gets absolutely senselessly murdered. Um, So fast forward, there's an investigation. They find her body, and it turns out that her fiance, unfortunately for the murderer, is actually a CIA secret agent and has this insane set of skills. It's basically just like, taken on crack like just (laughs) to the a millionth degree um and essentially what happens is who we call the good guy who is the agent the fiance of the woman who was murdered just begins this game of the most brutal cat and mouse that you will ever see um he hunts down the killer and just when you think he's gonna kill him he never does um he almost gets like addicted to this like hunting he becomes the hunter Mm -hmm. like the the hunter Okay, the hunter becomes the hunted in this movie. Um, So it just goes through the whole saga between the two of them, him hunting him down, then him letting him go, and then him hunting him down and then letting him go. Um, And it just is the most visceral, brutal experience you'll ever have. Um, And then we meet some more villains along the way, including a cannibal, um, which again, that is actually like the least disturbing part of this whole movie, (laughs) if you can believe that. But eventually it boils down to this absolutely tragic, tragic ending. Should I give away the ending here? Yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. So it boils down to this absolutely tragic ending where the bad guy ends up getting away and then proceeds to go attack the good guy's father-in-law and murder his his sister-in-law. So he let him go and all these people got harmed and it ultimately comes down to him killing the bad guy, but then he gets away and he cries and you realize that this, he didn't win. It didn't matter. It was all for nothing. Oh God. That was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Honestly. Wow. Yeah. What we find, what we find is that we, each of us, depending on what movie it is and who we are, get obsessed with, like, a certain, like, scene. Yes. So, like, all of a sudden, like, two minutes have gone by, like, oh, I didn't get past like, the first shoot. 15 minutes yeah. of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I had to half hour movie. <laughs> totally. If I described this, I, it would have been, like, 10 seconds left. And I was like, oh, then they find a head in the, in yeah. the swamp. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're only <laughs> 10 minutes in. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yes. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Okay. Well, let's get into everything that is I Saw the Devil with our first segment, Likes and Gripes. And now our Likes and Gripes. Now, Sydney, I want to start off with you, but I want to ask the question, who introduced this movie to you? How did you find this? Give us that history and then tell us why you suggested this. So pre me having a TikTok, I had a Tumblr back in the day. Yes. Yes. I was a big Tumblr girl and it was called Horror Movie Confessions. Mm. And I started Mm. it. It was the same thing, like same reason I started my TikTok. I just, you know, love horror, wanted to find some like-minded people. Um, ended up with 30,000 followers, which was a huge deal back in the day on Tumblr. Um, and I got, I'm very grateful for that because I got introduced to a lot of movies through that process. Um, so this Mm. is actually one of the movies that I was introduced to back then. So I watched this movie, this movie came out in 2010. I probably watched it in like 2012, Mm. at which point, how old was I? 18, 17, 18. Mm. So I... And I just, no movie has ever affected me like this movie has affected me. Like, I'll never forget my first experience watching this. It was just so crazy. And I've watched it like a ridiculous amount of time since. I just think it's, I think, I personally think this is a perfect movie. Um, But that's how I got into it. And it's very underrated. And that's why I try to talk about it as much as I possibly can and get as many people to watch it as I possibly can, because I think it deserves all the love. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, can you get into like specific likes of this movie? Uh, it seems like you don't have any gripes with this and you said it was a perfect movie, but can I you don't. give us a little more details of of what you really like about this? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I really it's very rare for me to not have gripes with a movie, but I truly cannot pinpoint anything about this movie that I don't like. Um I think one of my favorite parts because you really realize how ruthless this movie is going to be. And again, it's in the first 15 minutes. And Mm. it's when, you know, the villain, obviously you see him like attack her in the car. And then there's that beautiful imagery of him like dragging her across the snow with all the blood. And then you you just see her in a bag and you're like, oh, she's dead. But then she jerks and she moves. Mm. And then there's that like interaction between the two of them where she looks at him and she's like, please don't kill me. I'm pregnant. And, like, you see something in his face for a second and you're like, oh. And then all of a sudden he just stabs. No thought. Nothing behind his eyes. And I think that's the moment where you realize just, like, how psychotic the villain is in this movie and, like, what you're dealing with and what's going to happen. And, again, this happens within the first 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, so that personally for me was, like, holy shit. This We're going down this rabbit hole and this is just going to get worse. Like this is happening in 15 minutes and I have two and a half hours of movie left. Like what are we going to get into? Yeah. <laughs> so crazy. Mm-hmm. So that's like a very monumental scene for me. And then another mm-hmm. really like huge scene for me is the first interaction between the villain and, you know, the, the special agent, secret yeah. agent, mm-hmm. however you pronounce his name, but the good guy. Mm -hmm. Um, that first scene between the two of them is just so well choreographed that fight scene between the two of them. But my favorite part about it is the villain looks at him and he's like, Oh, you're the cops. You found me already. Did you come alone? You have no idea who you're messing with. And it's great watching this movie again, because you know how much of a badass that guy is. And you're like, Mm. Oh, he's trying to like intimidate him and he has no idea what's coming for him. 
<laughs> so that for me is a is a monumental scene and then just like the way that that whole fight scene plays out and for a minute like you think he's going to kill him and you're like what the heck is going to happen in the other two hours of this movie if he's going to kill him now but he doesn't yes and it's just, that scene again is just so bloody and just so visceral and you're like how else could this guy possibly torture him and you quickly find out that there's a lot of ways that he's going to torture him mm-hmm. so yeah, I could talk about my likes of this movie for two hours. So. Yes. <laughs> but those are like a couple scenes that stick out. Well, you brought up a great point because definitely in uh, my watch of this, when the CIA agent finds the the kidnapper, the murderer, I clocked it at about what, an, almost an hour in and thought to myself, what is about to happen in the next hour and a half if mm-hmm. they are already face-to-face right now? So I definitely did not know what uh, I was in for, but that definitely uh, stood out that <clears throat> there was so much more time <laughs> left. Yeah. What is what is happening? Uh, Jamie, do you want to do your likes and gripes? Yeah. Um, no, I felt really similarly where I was just like, where is this going? Mm-hmm. And like really not being able to, you know, even though we have the tropes of like revenge horror, it still was kind of unpredictable of like exactly how everything was going to fall into place. Um, but some of my other likes, I really enjoyed the music in this. I feel like it really elevated. I know we've talked about like elevated art, blah, 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 but like just the way in which this movie is presented the music was like, there was like a soap opera element, but it was like very orchestral. It was really intense mm. and I, it went really well with everything, with all of the horrible images that were coming up. Like it, it, it made it a little bit easier to like continue watching. Cause if it was just brutal and the music was brutal, I feel like, I don't know if I could have sat through two and a half hours of that. So like, yeah. yeah. So I think that there's something to like the music also being so compelling that really keeps you in your seat and you're like very engaged. Um, I, I mean, I, it's not really a gripe. I just like can't do leg injuries. Um, mm. I, I took a bunch of like ridiculous notes while watching this, like no leg injuries, please. Um, <laughs> I truly, or I also wrote this guy breaks wrists so easily. He was so like, easily. I don't remember how many wrists he broke, but like, he was just like, so crack, crack, crack. it was like so easy. <laughs> I feel like it shouldn't be that easy to break all of my bones, but like, I'm not in the CIA. So I really <laughs> don't know. Um, <laughs> um, what else? Oh, another point that I, I mean, I, I really – I hid behind my hands watching the Achilles tendon. But what really, really got me was the uh, face ripping open when he, like, yeah. tries to boink open. Honestly, it reminded Great. me of Mirrors, I, which I haven't yeah. thought about since I saw that movie because I hated that scene so much. I was – I was tr- I was like, being re-traumatized actively watching this. Um, so that was awful. Um, but, yeah, like, every – it just – this movie was, like – like just so visceral and like relentless in the brutality nonstop. And I, I really wasn't expecting that. And they don't like, they are focused in on the violence really intensely. They do not break away. And yeah, I, I was like really having a hard time staying fully engaged, like taking all of this in because it's just so, it's so grotesque and they, Mm -hmm. they are like, this is what you're watching. And really, I mean, you know, thinking about what's the difference, like what is the line between these two people? Like obviously that's the thesis statement of this movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's why they're not shying away. It's it's 
easy to like, you know, justify the good guys behaviors if we're not also seeing the brutality, but like, because we're seeing it, it's like, yeah, what, what is the difference between you two? Like you are, everyone's telling you the same thing, but like, it's harder for you to really internalize this until you finish your revenge plot to realize that like, what was the point of all of this? Like you, you're traumatized. You've now traumatized a whole mess of other people on top of that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And like all of these, I mean, like the, his, the, the killer's family watching him get beheaded at the end. I'm like, oh my God, like all those people have PTSD. Mm -hmm. His, that kid now has PTSD. Oh man. It was just like, so, so many people were affected by Mm -hmm. this and, and you know, it's not wholly the CIA agent's fault. Like, you know, murderers be murdering. Right. That's not cool. <laughs> you should probably <laughs> stop. Uh, but like, that. it's like the ripple. <laughs> it's the ripple effect. Yeah, that was the best thing I could come up with. Um, but there were also, <laughs> there were some lines that I really, really liked. Um, mm. From, we found the head, screamed out loud in a crowd full of people. Not, maybe not the best course of action. Okay. That's That was a gripe that I had. I was like, why would you actually scream that out loud? That yeah. seems... That just doesn't seem appropriate for uh, an officer of the law. Yes, I did not written down. He also <laughs> tripped and it rolled out. Like, watch where you're going, buddy. That's what I was gonna say. I'm like, way <laughs> to traumatize crime everybody scene. around you. Like, yes, are you kidding everyone. me? That scene was chaos. Everybody's running to the wall. Oh my god! Yeah. Like, why is everybody want to oh. see this? I was so stressed. I was like, who – I was like, how long have you been on this job for? Like, what are you <laughs> – literally day one. What are one. you doing? Truly yeah. day one. Um, and then I also really enjoyed, who broke your balls? Um, that was <laughs> that hysterical. Was um, <laughs> and there, I like yes. the fact that there is some, like, comedic relief sprinkled in here. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it yeah, is like, a yeah. movie. Like, when the uh, when the cannibal is trying to pull the screwdriver out from his hand and the handle only comes off, oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's really funny. <laughs> I also like one point where the villain, I think after like their first fight, he's like, he says something like, "This bastard's a complete psycho," and it's like, "Are you not oh, looking yeah. at yourself?" <laughs> yeah. Really? yeah, yeah, really so ironic. No self awareness. But that's that's um, a really eye opening scene too. I think a scene between when the villain's there with the cannibal for dinner. And the mm-hmm. cannibal's like, oh, well, he's just like us. He's enjoying the hunt. He's a psycho like we are. And it kind of like puts it into perspective where you're like, oh, shit, like I'm kind of on this guy's side. But when they put it like that, what's the difference here? You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. But um, no, I overall, like I didn't have too many gripes. I I really liked a lot of the lines. And um, yeah, I think I think what I would say is like get, tell people to have a comfort movie after this, something, something you know, warm and cozy to kind of recover. Yeah. Find your millennial comfort movie, throw on a yeah. goofy movie or something. And then- <laughs> Seriously, this one honestly just like every time I watch it, it just leaves me feeling like numb. Inside, mm-hmm. even I like yeah. I keep going back and watching it because I love it. Like I personally I love when that's movies fair. have devastating endings, when horror movies have devastating endings. I think like that's mm-hmm. how they should be. And this is one of the most devastating endings to me. And I that's one of my likes is that, you know, like the whole beheading scene, obviously his family witnesses it. It's tragic, it's disgusting. But then like you see the good guy walking away and just like the pain in his face and he's realizing that like okay I just went all through this but for what like what was Mm -hmm. this all for and you don't end with any like you end feeling very hopeless it just is a very like hopeless numb feeling 
Yeah, there's no real resolution. Mm-mm. Nobody, mm-hmm. nobody is happy. At no, the end. nobody wins, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I also, yeah. if, oh, uh, I, 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 oh, it was Jamie, go for it. Oh no, I just remembered something disconnected from this. Uh, an actual other like that I had, which was that car taxi scene. I don't know why I said car taxi. If taxi is a car. Uh, the taxi scene where they like all start attacking each other mm, and like the mm-hmm. cameras like encircling the around them and yeah the blood just squirting everywhere yeah. and I'm like who's attacking who what is going <laughs> on chaos <laughs> I really like that yes yeah uh, but going back to the ending I think what's kind of magical about this movie is that while the ending feels hopeless and it, it's very numbing like you had mentioned it is a perfect ending for the story we just saw. So yeah. like there's this juxtaposition of like, I feel bad and sad, but as a theatrical experience, I feel completely satisfied by the journey that these characters went on, like how he eventually got the bad guy, you know, quote quotes and like how mm-hmm. that played out. Then like, you, also, you know that his regret is coming because the whole movie, his family is calling and being like, maybe you should just like stop. Like this is not, and you know that that regret's coming, but his performance in those like last minute, like with the headphones and walking away and then transforming right. into like his like total grief is just a, like a masterclass and just in, in, in physical acting as well as like nonverbal acting. It was just like, it was very satisfying as it's, it's equally as satisfying as it is like hopeless. If that makes yeah. sense. There well, is yeah. a scene that I wrote down too, in that last interaction between the two of them, where he has him in the guillotine and the villains like, please don't kill me. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, he looks at him and he doesn't blink. And he's like, you've heard a lot of people beg for your life, haven't you? And again, he doesn't blink. And there's a single solitary tear that rolls down his Mm. face. And that moment Mm. gives me chills every single time. It's incredible. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, Brian, like you talked about, I think what is cathartic about it is that we're seeing him have the release. And so the audience is having that sense of release, regardless of if it's happy or not we're seeing some type of release and so we're kind of experiencing that with him in that moment Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because you're like like you all have been saying we're waiting for that we know that this is not uh doing him any favors by having this revenge and going on on these these tangents but I really want to just go through quickly my likes and gripes because you guys have said uh most of the things but I I will have to start off and say that I do not like movie, and this is not a gripe for the movie, it's just a preference. I don't like when women are just only victims and seen as helpless throughout the entire movie and there's no kind of redemption for them. And I just hate when they're over-sexualized. So that was just kind of a tension thing that really took me out of a lot of a lot of the parts. But I will say I love the prosthetics. They're fantastic. The ankle scene, like we've talked about, just everything about the gore was phenomenal. The acting was also phenomenal, uh, like Brian mentions, especially that ending scene. Uh, I do, Jamie mentioned the music moments, but you know, at the opening scene, I noticed that there was no music at all. And I loved that because it added to the tension of the scene to Mm -hmm. literally just be in it with them. And there's nothing else that's giving you kind of comfort or um, giving you expectations of what is about to happen. Because a lot of the times that's what the music is set to up for something that's about to happen. And when there's no music, you're literally just hanging on like, what is going to happen? I don't Mm -hmm. like this. Uh, Chrissy, wake up. And um, (laughs) Uh, I I will say, 
I don't, I, I put this in my notes. I don't think I like anybody in this movie because the detective's revenge is hurting so many people by letting the killer live that mm-hmm. fr- at the middle of it, I was just like, I, I am not rooting for anyone here. Now I just want to know what happens at the end. <laughs> And I think uh, it brings a lot of great themes, this movie does, like the concept of when your job is to protect people and you can't protect the ones that you love and how much that can weigh on a person, especially because like my dad was a police officer his entire life. And I just can't imagine uh, how much that can carry if something were to happen to his close family and that's what your job is and how you look at your job after those traumatic events. Uh, so I think that was just a really great kind of little mini uh, thing in, in the movie. I also love the line, um, you, you've created a monster, and we've talked about uh, this too. Just really the interesting concept of that something can happen to you and it causes you to start doing things that you would never do or never think that you would do on a normal basis. Uh, so I love that theme as well. Uh, and let me tell you guys, I've never wanted to fast forward through a scene ever in my life in all of the horror movies that I've watched, except for when the nurse scene happens, mm-hmm. when oh, he God. is um, <clears throat> locks the door behind him and the nurse. And at that moment, I just thought, I can't take any more <laughs> of, of this. I don't want to see what is going to happen. I mean, I just watched it because I knew I had to watch it, but it truly took everything within me to not just fast forward and say, all right, just move on. I don't need to see what is going to happen. Thank mm-hmm. God it wasn't as crazy as it could have been, uh, you know, given the previous scenes. But that just really kind of took me out. And I don't think I've ever felt that way about a movie since maybe like when I watched Hereditary in the movie theater. Um, and it, it was just a really... I don't know. Sydney talked about just feeling that numbness and then kind of like liking it. But in that moment, I was like, I don't think I can. uh, I'm I'm cool with never seeing this (laughs) again. This is a good. Yeah, I think that's like honestly the toughest scene in the whole movie, because I think that's the first victim where you realize that like, okay, if he just killed him the first time, this would not be happening. And I think that's what does it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That connection, it's mm-hmm. and which is why I think also in that moment is when I thought I don't like anybody yeah. <laughs> in mm-hmm. this movie because of this. But I did like the circle back of the the head in the head, the head at the beginning, and then the killer's head at the end. So I love that kind of like connection, mm-hmm. heads all around. Uh, <laughs> and the movie is so well made. Love the cinematography, um, but. It, definitely is so unsettling. I think I can be okay with watching this the one time. Yeah. And that's, and that's it. And I'm good. <laughs> that's fair. Brian, do you have any um, likes and questions that you want to add that we haven't said already in this? Uh, yeah. So a couple of things, one, just a big shout out to magnet films for always doing the, the, the best. Um, uh, also, uh, the opening is an A plus, as we all know. Um, I, I like that at least at the start of this movie, like South Korean movies, typically and TV shows, like it seems like everyone's making the right choices and yet still bad things happen to them, which is actually more terrifying than like, you know, Oh no, we shouldn't go in there. Let's split up. Like, I feel like this movie Mm -hmm. doesn't have a lot of that. And I appreciate that. Um, Um, it's a, just a beautifully shot film, as uh, Sydney mentioned earlier, like the um, the blood coming out of the spout at the beginning. And, uh, mm. and I, I would also vent, oh, and my favorite shot in this whole movie is when the father 
is crying on the fiance's lap right after the funeral on the bench. And then you have the sister-in-law standing there. So it's framed where they're in the background and the sister-in-law from the back is in the foreground. So it's this like symbolic nature of like this woman is always going to be watching over these two men for the rest of their lives. Like their whole lives are going to be defined by the fact that this happened to them, Mm -hmm. Um, which is, I think was just like very effective in terms of like starting out our film. Um, I don't think that horror movies get enough credit for the spectacular title cards that they have uh. from fresh to barbarian mm. to this one the horror movie title cards have just like add so much to what you're going to like that one shot of like the title card on the left hand side with like that image on the right or barbarian where she walks into the airbnb and then you have it yeah. or fresh where it happens 30 minutes into the movie like as a part of the fabric of the movie like like it's it's absolutely spectacular so i just wanted to call that out um um, I really liked the, um, okay, <laughs> here's a likeish gripe. I have three gripes for this movie. One, I, I, I like that he is all over the, 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 the serial killer, the villain is all over the place. Meaning that like, he's not this like excellent, like Dexter type of serial killer. Like mm-hmm. the ring gets out of it. Like he still has a bloody floor somehow i don't know how the head is just like got away from him and is like burying bodies i would have maybe liked to a little bit more on um kind of like how he managed to like lose a head unless he's burying them in there like that kind <laughs> of was a leap for me the second the second gripe leap for me is how was he one of the four people like like that 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 they suspects, thought like yeah. the 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 leap from the fact that he was one of the suspects um seemed a little bit big for me like i want like was there not enough evidence that he get away was he called in for something why would they know he was in the vicinity like why right. is he still working with kids on school buses if he if he still has like i also don't know like the south korean law so, or so like obviously that's gonna be something i'm totally missing but that felt like a, a jump again this movie is so excellent that like those little things like in the long run like don't actually matter to me but like mm-hmm. th- those bothered me likes I loved the two lines at the beginning when the cops are like, stop taking pictures. You call yourselves humans. And then later on, the cops say, seeing scum like them makes me sorry to be human. Like, I kind of like how the cops in this, or at least like the secondary cops, if you will, are kind of like the Greek chorus in a way where they keep having these very specific lines about like what it means to be human. Like, are are the paparazzi the humans? Are we? And then we take that into every scene we watch. Um, I really enjoyed that. Um, I love that he gave himself two weeks. I love a timer on a movie. Like there's nothing better than like running the clock down, even though he found, and that's why Sydney, when you mentioned like, oh, you found me in two days, like the cops would never do that. Like, I, I really appreciated that because like, he knew we'd find him pretty quick. And then he left the rest of the time similar to us. Wait, there's two hours left in this movie. Like similar to us. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, I've got a week and a half left to torture you. Like I, I appreciated that. Um, I like that the movie showed initial as the movie goes forward, it shows more and more violence. So at the beginning, you really see the initial violence to her in the car. And then you see like the chop and the blood spatter on his face, but you don't see him like Mm -hmm. pulling them apart. So I appreciate Mm -hmm. kind of like the fringes of what he's doing. And the scariest part is like creating with your own mind Um, on what Jamie said about 
it, yeah, it totally makes it worse. Um, uh, and and if you you know, just a shout out to uh, Shutter's 101 Horror Movie Moments. Uh, the first ten minutes of this are on there, and they actually do a wonderful oh, job nice. of talking through like what makes the beginning of this pretty special. Um, uh, uh, another gripe: that rock was not heavy. That was clearly like a foam <laughs> rock. Uh, this guy's out here snapping bones with like yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love that transition where he's like, I don't know where this guy is. And then it pulls away from like the apartments, wherever he is. And then, and it has that uncut shot essentially to like the woman waiting for the bus stop. Like he's Mm. here. Like we're all living in the same vicinity. I really appreciated that in terms of how it like set up where they are. The greenhouse scene was great. Um, uh, uh, Stopped him. Oh, I like, I think of the, Part of me thinks that he's delivering these bodies to his friend so that his friend can eat them. Like, I kind of created that in my head. Um, mm-hmm. I like that this movie doesn't treat us like idiots. For instance, you ha- we have to figure out, along with the serial killer in the taxi, that, like, he's not actually the taxi driver. And then when he opens the trunk in the back, like, that's the taxi driver they killed because they're going on whatever spree they want. Like, I... Mm. something I want to bring up about that scene. I don't want to cut you off, but I was no, go for it. and something I did not realize until maybe my third time watching this movie is the guy in the backseat of that taxi scene is the fourth victim that he never gets to. Or I mean the fourth suspect that he never gets to. So you remember it's the fourth suspect. So it's like, he still gets to him in some way. Mm. So it's a really cool wow. part about <laughs> that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, another like is I like that the, the phases of this film are very clear. Like, like almost like a time loop movie where like it gets reset. Like, okay, now he's waking up again and now we have X, Y, and Z information, and X, Y, and Z information. Let's see how this next half hour, 45 minutes goes. Cause yep. it also having that structure in our head allows us to, for me to accept more of the gore because I kind of know what's happening. Okay. At the end of this segment, um, he's going to attack an innocent person. We're going to feel bad because like he should have just killed him a initially but now this poor nurse is going to have trauma the rest of her life because this guy just couldn't like pull the trigger and wanted to um, torture him but then he's going to come at the last minute be here like i like the repeating of that because it it really elevated it every single time um um a lot of the score felt like sound effects like knocking against stainless steel like these like like i like that in addition to what they were giving us um the handle pull i mentioned um and yeah i i I, I I really enjoyed this movie. It was really beautiful. It was um, gory, but, you know, the juxtaposition of all the beauty of it was there, too. Um, the themes were there. But, like, again, it's a hard watch. Like, I'm not pretending like I was there for two and a half hours being like, let's go! Like, I was very much like, <laughs> oh, no, I, 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 this will be my first and last time for a while, at least. Yeah. I mean, if you were like really excited about it, I would be reconsidering you know, uh, our relationship. Please. Okay, it's yeah, like blink once concerning. if you need help, yeah. you know? Yeah. I turn to you during the movie, like, I don't even know who I'm rooting for anymore. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I gotta, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, I also oh, saw me. the devil and I loved it. Oh my God. <laughs> also, about that nursing that was just killer is the fact that the CIA the CIA agent turned to her and was like, hey, he's going to need to be bandaged up. So like come back mm-hmm. here and, and fix him up so that he can be put back out in the world and get hunted again. And it's like, this is, but that you're killing me. That also shows how he's not taking anybody else's feelings into account because like you just mm-hmm. walked in on him assaulting this woman and then you're going to turn and tell her like, 
oh, fix him up though. Yeah. Like, it's just so heartless and just so cold. And it really just shows you like what the death of his fiance did to this man. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is a great transition into our mm, brain section. <laughs> Because we need to talk about all of these traumatic events, the PTSD, the revenge of it all. My God. So uh, for this, these are uh, just questions that are open discussion. And Jamie and Sydney, feel free to just weigh in on this. But the first thing that I just want to kind of bring up is public grief. And we're talking about in the first uh, 15 minutes of the movie when the chief, when they find his daughter's body parts and everyone is swarming in to get pictures for whatever reason. And I just want to talk about what that can do to a person to experience grief in such a public forum as that and do you think that it would have been better if the chief you know might not have seen anything at all and just heard about it could that have changed how he was processing things just give me your opinions about that yeah I mean personally I think the public grief just adds to the trauma in a terrible way because Mm. you know Brian you brought up how they keep saying these lines about like are you guys even human Because not only is this man grieving and finding his dead daughter, but he's just seeing the absolute just depravity of humans because everybody's rushing and everybody's trying to take pictures of her. Nobody's taking into account the fact that this is a person and this is the person Mm -hmm. that he loves the most in the world probably. And everybody's just so inconsiderate to that because they need their picture. They need their news. They need this for the media. So I think, yeah, public grief like that can definitely worsen the trauma. And then on top of that, I think it also creates vicarious trauma for people around who are witnessing it you know Mm. like witnessing somebody like have to witness his daughter's head be pulled out of a river like that's absolutely traumatizing for somebody whether you like if you're witnessing it you don't have to know either of them that's just a vicarious trauma that you know people around you will never forget yeah jamie do you have thoughts on that Yeah, no, I definitely agree that like there's something I think that can be compounded on like the experience of trauma and grief when when you like you also don't have access maybe to the ways that like an idealized situation where you have to process it. It's like Mm -hmm. out in the open, everyone's watching you. It's super raw. It's it's just like whatever's happening is happening. And like you're yeah, like all, all of your emotions are just like out there openly for other people to digest and like that then like exacerbating how you're feeling about it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, you know, I can't, I mean, I, I literally cannot imagine being in this situation. I don't think, I have a hard time thinking that anyone could truly compartmentalize this type of grief. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, in general, but also like, yeah, with with everything being so heightened because so many other people are present that both like both people that might care, like other police officers who like the chief knows that might be able to provide that support, but also like, does he want all of his all of his like, you know, peers to be a part of that experience? Mm-hmm. And then you also have like these strangers who are there to capitalize on this experience. So it's like, there's just so many layers that, yeah, I I cannot imagine what this guy is. I want to be very clear. And I have to say this on the podcast so that everyone can hear me. I would hunt a serial killer for you. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. You, you, I mean, you do not have to. Um, I I do. I've seen this film. I've watched a lot of James Bond movies, Batman, (laughs) 
Like, I think I've watched ER, so I could, like, always, like, you know, intubate <laughs> and, like, bring him back. Like, uh, you know, I, I think I'm prepared. You got uh, yeah. yeah I but can think- you break... Can you break wrists? Can I break? And how wrists? many can you break? Well, yeah, I break down chickens, so maybe like, <laughs> you know, I don't cook them. I buy the rotisseries, but I break them down. Um, so I think that I have that that strength. But until Sydney mm-hmm. uh, brought this to my attention, I don't know if I would have a- agreed to hunt it down. But now that I've seen this movie and I can kind of map it out in my head, I absolutely think that I would be able to. So don't worry. Um, one, let me let me also be clear. I'll protect you before we get to that. But good, good, cool. also, <laughs> I want this to be flipped. I would expect you to protect me and then uh, hunt down a silver yeah. killer for me as well. That part, I don't know if I can. <laughs> I don't think I can. There are very few. I mean, I'm not breaking down rotisserie chicken. So, like, I don't sure. really know where my strengths <laughs> lie. Uh, but maybe yeah. I'll, I'll give them really bad therapy and see. Oh, my where God. We can go. Oh, Start off with yeah. biological warfare. Yeah. <laughs> That's yes. how I'll okay. get them. Yeah. Yes. Also, uh, uh, this does not reflect what Jamie Steiner therapy is all about. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Just revenge <Thank> therapy. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds like a really interesting niche. Yeah. Um, maybe I want a revenge know, therapy been... movie. Like, forget hypnotic. Like, give me, like, <laughs> right. revenge therapy. That's, yeah, that's actually, we might be onto something here. I don't know. There you yeah. go. <laughs> well, speaking of revenge, let's talk about it because – what is it about the human condition that makes us feel like revenge is going to be the thing that helps us process whatever traumatic event has happened? Can y'all speak on that for us? I mean, do you want to go first? No, you go for it. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, there's a lot of research that says like, if you can you know, a coping mechanism for PTSD is like, if you can be put in control, if you can recreate the traumatic situation and be in control of it, that's a huge coping skill. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think, I think that has part to do with it. You know, like if you get revenge and you're in a position like this guy where he is completely in control of the situation, like he can track this guy, he can find him. I think that is part of the coping mechanism. Obviously I think it's just human nature that like, it's easier to get revenge and it's easier to feel like I want to kill this guy. I'm going to kill this guy than it is to, you know, have this guy go sit in jail and then have to go to his trial and have to relive Mm -hmm. all of that again. Whereas you could just take matters into your own hands and don't have to rely on the law and you don't have to rely on the justice system. And I don't know how things are in Korea, but from working in the criminal justice system here, I can be the first person to tell you it's very corrupt, you know? So yeah, (laughs) there's, you're not always going to get justice in the best way. So I think it's just natural for people to want to take justice into their own hands because that way, at least they know that it will be handled. I don't want to say appropriately, but it'll be handled better than, you know, the people in power might handle it. Yeah. In a more satisfying way for the person who has experienced this trauma. And I love what you said about control because it is a matter of something happened that was out of your control. So what can we do to regain that control again by taking matters into your own hands? Mm -hmm. Jamie, do you have something to add? Yeah. I think that makes like a lot of sense just in terms of like, you know, helplessness, like the spectrum of helplessness to like feeling empowered. Like where does, you know, taking action feel like it's resolving something for what happened to you. Mm. Um, but I, I mean, it's like, how do you actually like, does that then provide the satisfaction 
that you're you're hoping for because like it, whether you like <laughs> not that I'm gonna ask someone seeking vengeance like what their expectations are but yeah. I do think that there's expectations that should be called into question what do you what are you looking to get out of like you know enacting revenge like do you are, are you thinking that that's going to like bring back the person that you're grieving because that's mm. never gonna happen mm. so it's like what are you trying to get out of this experience like, do you think that you will get the satisfaction and resolution from causing the same degree of harm to the person that wronged you? And yeah. like, it, I think that's a trickier piece because, yeah, I don't like, I can't even think about like what someone's expectations might be, but like, I don't think that they're necessarily going to be satisfied, even if they do. Maybe they, maybe some people are because it's like, whatever, like something shitty happened to this person. Great. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes I think when, when, shitty things happen to us and like, you know, the universe decides that something shitty is going to happen to that person. Like we do feel a little sense of relief and like, yeah, like that person sucks. Fuck them. But like, you know, I, I think it's also about like how much attention we're giving to somebody else versus ourselves. And like, I, I know that's something that we've talked about before, like how to have a cope generally, like putting energy into yourself versus putting it on this other person. Like this Mm -hmm. other person is still uh, there. Some of the lines that he says, like, you know, talking about can't become a monster or like becoming a monster to fight the monster. But there was a line he says at the end where he's like, I'm going to live no matter what. And that really stuck out because it's like, yeah, even when he kills this guy, this guy is going to live rent free in his head forever because he, he let him and like this blew up into this huge thing. And the ripple effect now is so big that like, even as he's grieving his fiance, he's just never going to forget this person. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that like, again, expectations, if you're expecting to like, never think about, you know, the trauma that, you've endured like that's just not like what happened in the past happened like we can't forget it right it's it it happened to us like those are the experiences that impacted us how much do we want it to control ourselves like now in the here and now and in the future like those are the things that we do have control over so I don't know if I really answered your question but I really went on to no (laughs) that's great this is parlor talk with Danny I'll put it in a parlor talk all right give me a second I'll write down the time stamp that was a parlor talk Great. Yeah, Norman Bates would be very happy with that one. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, I wanted to add to that also that sometimes, hot take, sometimes I'm more satisfied when something happens to someone I don't like outside of my control, meaning that like, it's almost like the universe or karma like knows that person is bad or like mm-hmm. mean or like a duty head. And so like the universe like gets at them as opposed to like me doing it directly to them. Like there's something almost more satisfying about that. That also may come from the fact that like my millennial anxiety doesn't allow like me to allow anybody to not like me. Um, but so like if someone else is doing it, that's like great. Like I, can't, I don't want to be blamed for things. Um, but like that, that is also sometimes very satisfying. Yes. Mm-hmm. All I could think mm-hmm. about, and we have no relation to this person at all, but you just talking about karma and getting your just desserts is uh, everything that happened with is happening with Kanye West right now. And it's just like, yeah, mm-hmm. everybody drop him. This is insane. I don't understand, yeah. but I'm really happy there that are the consequences is, yeah. to your actions. So many consequences. These are the consequences. Goodness. Yes. 
Well, this is uh, the last question that I, I want to ask. It's my favorite one. What we do here on Talking Horror is uh, Billy or Stu. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Yeah, it's a scream, baby. Billy or Stu. <laughs> Where we discuss if the villain, the killer, whatever movie, uh, in whatever movie we're watching is a Billy or Stu from Scream. And uh, if you don't know, Billy is the, what we said, the psychopath and Stu is the sociopath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So open up question uh, with the murderer. Who do you think, Billy or Stu or neither? What are your thoughts? Or a Michael, just pure evil. <laughs> or just pure, truly. That's what this, the next one is, or just Sorry, Michael. Or, or a Corey. No, I'm kidding. I'm oh, kidding. God. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, or Corey. <laughs> for me, I lean towards Stu. I lean towards hmm. Stu. And the reason for that is because he's just so disorganized, um, and he's just so chaotic. Fair. And... You know, like I think Brian, you said, like, how does he lose a head? Like, how does this happen? Like, you can <laughs> yeah, tell, like, totally, he's doing this purely for the thrill. Like, there is no motive behind it, and it's the same thing with Stu. Like, Stu is doing this because his buddy got him into it, and he just felt like it, peer pressure. You know, like mm-hmm. he's far mm-hmm. too sensitive. So, I think there's really no motive for this guy to be doing what he's doing. He's just doing it because he likes the thrill of it, and he felt like it. And he's very disorganized. He doesn't really go in with any plan. He picks people up off the street. Um, yeah, so I'm leaning more towards too. He can't keep a job. He got fired, you know, things yeah, like that. Yeah, he's an Excel. Yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> definitely giving me more sociopath than psychopath because he's definitely not a calculated psychopath. He definitely could not evade capture for a long period of time, you know. Mm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's giving me more stew. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie, are you co-signing I, on this? <laughs> I am, yeah. I mean, while I think that his, like, actual method seems to be more, like, you know, like he, he, once he has his victims, he like definitely knows what he's doing, but Mm -hmm. like, yeah, how he is, how he's like kidnapping them, all of that. It's just like, you know, the opportunity has presented itself. Mm -hmm. And so he's going to take it. So like, there really doesn't seem to be a lot of forethought into what he's doing. And, and part of that bothered me because I really Mm -hmm. wanted there to be something else there, but you know, there doesn't need to be because he's still like just murdering people in the most brutal, awful ways. So like, I don't, I don't need yeah. more. I yeah. think that made the movie more unsettling for me that yes. like mm-hmm. he wasn't this, like I said before, like a Dexter, you know, type or, or whatnot. Like just the fact that it was kind of like, he, he has this urge on the fly and also like, forgive the phrasing but like serial killer blue balls that he would be getting throughout this movie were like just as he was about to murder someone or do some terrible thing to someone like he was being stopped yeah um like because because like it's presented so early on that he's not this methodical he like oh there's a girl standing by the bus station like i'm gonna pick her up like oh i'm just driving around and i see this like cool like score one for me like it, it wasn't like right. mapped out it's almost more unsettling because then you see him like snap even more when he, he can't like the dessert is in front of him and he can't taste it. Like it, it it's very, like I'm getting goosebumps. Like it's like, it was very, um, it's, it's very, 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 um, unsettling in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is hard just to think because some, you definitely want to always have a reason. And I remember just at the beginning of the movie watching it and when he kidnapped the fiance for the first time and she's in the bag, I was thinking to myself, okay, well, 
what is he doing? Is he like selling her body parts? Like, is it, is this a fresh moment? Like what is, what is the purpose of this? And then when you eventually find out there is no purpose, it's definitely 10 times more uh, unsettling. Mm-hmm. And then at that point you stop wanting to kind of psychoanalyze and, and find like, okay, what's the reason? Why is he doing this? Where did it come from? And then you just see that he is purely doing it just because he, it's a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And that is is horrifying in itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that's all my questions uh, I have for that. Brian, did you have any other questions for Brains? No, I think you all knocked it out of the park, and I uh, appreciate it. Beautiful. Well, I guess we can go on to our Rotten Tomatoes and see what that's about. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So in this segment, hopefully no one, uh, sometimes like some of the streaming services will have this Rotten Tomatoes on there, but like, you know, obviously Rotten Tomatoes don't matter, but this is a fun game. Um, uh, so um, yeah, we'll go, we'll go around. What do you think? We're going to guess the critics consensus on this, like the critic score. I mean, I'll, I'll read through everything, but what do you think I saw the devil uh, has on Rotten Tomatoes and we play prices, right? Rules. Okay. So, uh, uh, Jamie, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I am going to go with a 77%. Nikisha? Yeah, I was going to go with 72. All right. And the good spot, the last pick, goes to Sydney. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like I'm so highballing because I personally would give this movie 100%. And I was going to yeah. say, I feel like it has like a 90%. Hmm. Well, this movie, the uh, Tamometer, the Tamometer, again, I can't say words. The tomato meter, the tomato meter. Yeah, I guess I just like read it as it's written. Um, <laughs> is an 81%. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. The audience score is an 87%. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the critics consensus is never flinching during its descent into depravity. I saw the devil is a pulverizing thriller that will give bloody satisfaction to audiences who like their revenge served with fiery rage. Oof. Yeah. Okay. That's great. That's pretty spot on. I mm-hmm. know. Thank you. I read it uh, pretty excellently, Jamie. I appreciate you <laughs> Thank saying you. so. Thank you. To Yeah. To meter. You never heard of the to Oh, right. No, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Well, I guess it's just me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, um, should we just get into um, uh, the four S's? Yes. Yes. Skull, scare, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horror's four S's. <laughs> Okay, so if you don't know, the four S's are skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. We rank them one through ten. Skulls is for how this movie ha- handles mental health and human behavior. Um, scares is how scary was this movie. And shakes, um, how, are you going to shake this off? This is a one and done. I forgot about it already. Um, like, uh, what have we watched that? Like, Halloween ends? Or is this one yes. that you'll always remember forever like a hereditary? Um, so um, let's, uh, let's start with um, Sydney. Let's start with you. Uh, one through ten for go through your skulls, scares, and shakes, and then um, we will uh, wait till the end to do suggestions. Okay, so skulls was like how it handles like human behavior. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'd give that an eight, and I feel like I would rank it higher if Nikisha, I didn't agree with what you said about how just like it portrays women as like these like helpless characters Absolutely. the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it does a great job of just like 
again, like the depravity of human nature in terms of like that public grief with like all the newscasters and all that stuff and this like type of revenge thing. So I'd give it an eight for that. Scares. I feel like it's scary because like we said, you never find out a motive. There really is no motive. This guy is Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. basically evil and just doing this for the fun of it. Um, And it's just a very like real thing, you know, like there's nothing supernatural about it. There's nothing like that. So for scares, I'd give it like a seven, maybe a six. I'd give it a six for scares. And for shakes, I give this one an absolute 10 because like I said, I watched this movie for the first time 10 years ago and I've never stopped thinking about it since. Mm -hmm. Totally. One for me. Uh, Jamie. Yeah. Here's me adjusting all my scores in real time based on what you're saying. Me too. (laughs) Me too. Um, So for skulls, I'm going to give it a six. Um, And I feel like part of that is because like I truly want to believe that people aren't this ruthless and awful in the world. So Mm -hmm. this just might be my uh, optimism kicking in. Um, But again, also I I feel like when people are so deeply impacted by – like a horrible trauma. Like I've, I've come face to face with like seeing people who have experienced awful trauma and like, yeah, all of these things that they're going through, like this is very real. Just like seeing this guy process all of this and like, you know, taking it out on this person, but like, man, watching him break down at the end just like was very, very, very real. Um, for scares, I gave it a six cause it's just very – it's not, like, jump scare scary, mm-hmm. but, like, the brutality is, like, truly unwatchable at some times. Um, and it's so, again, visceral and awful and bleh. Um, so that is – that sound bleh is bleh. why I give it a six. Um, and then for shakes, I am giving it an eight. I, I mean – there ha- there will have to be very specific situations that I will recommend this movie to people, sure. but with like a whole bunch of trigger warnings. Um, but there's, no- I mean, I'm never going to forget this experience. And, and honestly, like I, I have been trying to intentionally steer clear of like revenge horror tropes because of like, it's typically featuring like people of color or women who are being, you know, attacked and and abused in a variety of ways. And like, I'm kind of over it, but if there's like (laughs) one that I'm like, Hey, if you want a one and done, this is absolutely it. I'm not going to forget this experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jamie was, did you say six, six and eight? Yes. Okay. Those are my exact same scores. (laughs) (laughs) We're just we're just on the same wavelength. <laughs> we are for all of the all of the same reasons. I will never forget this movie, uh, which is why my shakes are, are up so high. And definitely with the scares and intention, um, sixes. So yeah, six, six, and eight for me. All the same reasons. Um, I have a so skulls. I have a seven. Um, I think it loses points for the portrayal of females, but. It gains a lot of points for that last sequence where he cries out because in that moment, you just see how much work that the movie did for you to get to that point and like really empathize with him and like feel things and not feel things at the same time. So that that's a seven there. Um, uh, scares. I give this an eight because it was very unsettling and I cannot, ha- I can watch anything like I like bone tomahawk, like all that stuff. Like I have no problem watching gore horror on movies unless you touch people's ankles. 
I don't know why. I, I don't know why. Like, like sometimes on like TikTok, I'll like be scrolling and all of a sudden I get like a weird like sports injuries medley. And I'm like, no, why are you serving this to me? Like that that Achilles scene, I I, I don't remember the last time I looked away from a movie. Um, and, and that Achilles scene truly was the first time in a long time where I actually turned my head and then, and then turned my head back to see if it was over. And I actually, I caught the whole scene. Um, um, uh, and then this is a 10. Uh, I, I, I just, I just won't forget it. Like, I just won't forget it. Like I've seen so many dumb and good revenge horror movies or just revenge movies. And this one stands out because it's doing something a little bit new. It does it in a very different way. And it's unrelenting about how it does it. Um, because I feel like a lot of movies don't end the way that this one does. It's always like, well, uh, you know, I'm going to sit back in my uh, chair and smoke my cigar on the porch and mm-hmm. I've done it. You know, like this one is like, <laughs> oh, no, he's not going to do that. So that that that's mine there. Also, the only only time I would ever rewatch this movie is if Sydney came on again um, and we did a part two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, Truly. I'm so honored. Thank you. I think that's, that's it. <laughs> All right. Uh, suggestions who wants to go first for suggestions again suggestions is you're in walmart you see i saw the devil and then you flip it over and it's a two-pack and this is on the back well since we've already said it multiple times and i had this on my list fresh for sure Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i will put put that in the two-pack but also seven because you know heads rolling so (laughs) and if you don't and if you want a revenge movie because when brian was just talking about revenge in general but you don't want horror watch do revenge that's a cute movie Mm. um i have another movie that if you guys haven't seen it would absolutely traumatize you so i'm so sorry but um old boy another korean Mm. revenge horror Mm -hmm. film um that is my starring him yes yep my first thought um you know, people usually don't classify that as a horror movie. Like anytime I say it's a horror movie, people are like, no, it's not. I think it's a horror movie. I will stand by that every day. It's horrific. (laughs) It's terrifying. It's wild. Um, But for sure, old boy. But at the same time, also, again, staying on the Korean horror, Train to Busan, because I feel like this movie emotionally destroyed me just as much as Train to Busan did, which is difficult. Mm. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, I, I realized again that like my revenge horror, uh, uh, library is very limited for the same reasons of just like, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to look at it anymore. It's (laughs) icky. Um, so I just went like straight revenge. I mean, I guess it's horrible, but, um, we mentioned it earlier, Taken, um, you know, this CIA agent has a very specific set of skills, like breaking wrists. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Um, so I think that's a good one. I also would suggest Kill Bill again, like solely for revenge purposes and like going all out. I mean, she goes all out. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's great to see, uh, you know, a woman in that role. Um, but again, then we start getting to the trophy bits. So yeah, I think this is, this is where I'll, I'll leave my, my suggestions. Sure. (laughs) Um, I have a couple, um, if you want like endings that stay with you forever, watch the mist. Um, if you want another South Korean movie that like is horror, maybe isn't horror is Bong Joon-ho's, um, uh, memories of murder, um, which is spectacular. And then, um, the last one I have here is, um, this is a weird one, but the purge anarchy, um, 
that has a little bit of a revenge plot to it. Frank Grillo uh, is excellent, and uh, watching his kind of trajectory about like what he's what he's willing to do on the night of the purge um, mm-hmm. is uh, he's 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 pretty excellent in that movie. Also, Zach Guilford's in it if you uh, if you like mm. Friday Night Lights and uh, Midnight Mass. Um, but uh, yeah, so those are mine. Beautiful. Well, I think that wraps up our episode of uh, I Saw the Devil. Thank you so much, uh, Sydney, for coming in and chatting with us. It has been a pleasure. Please tell us where everyone can follow you on all your social medias. Um, You guys can follow me on TikTok or on Instagram. It's horror underscore chronicles. Beautiful, beautiful. And you can follow us at Talk Horror Pod on the Instagram, on the Twitter, on the TikTok, and find us on YouTube so you can see all of our smiling faces and all of Brian's Funko Pops behind him. <laughs> what do you have? Do you have an assortment for us today? Yeah, uh, yeah. We got uh, Ash. We got Bride of Frankenstein. We have the um, Black Phillip. We have Leatherface. And we have Sam just kind of waiting uh for the bus um <laughs> but oh i was gonna say this so now i have this thing in my head where like oh. um yeah get it out um now i have this thing in my head where i look for the black philip moment of every movie where like mm. you have that decision of whether you want to live deliciously or not and it's so tempting and i mm. feel like this movie has it many times where the the family calls him or where he stops short of doing something and he's like you know you know there's also like you know, not to be confused with movies like Creep, where he can decide to leave or not. I guess you can yeah. y- you can count that because that's about ambition. Like, is he willing to stay and finish the video for ambition purposes? Like, there are a lot of those moments in movies. Um, I just happen to really like the Black Phillip one. Um, and I feel like this movie has a lot of that. Um, and uh, yeah, it wasn't really going anywhere with that. I just, I just, I just wanted to say that out loud. <laughs> I thought, yeah, just had to let the um, thought out. Yeah, it's great. but you can fi- you can find us wherever you get podcasts. Um, you were uh, everywhere: Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, of course, Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank, and thank you, you. Uh, Sydney. <laughs> Thank you so. I'll say your name a million times, Sydney, Sydney, Sydney. <laughs> Maybe it's just my slur, uh, you know. Like, I'm too, but uh, thank you so much for joining us. Your content is literally some oh, of the best you. I've ever seen on TikTok, oh, and then of course wow. on Instagram as well. Like, I just get very excited when you end up in my feed, and I get to watch, you know, your thoughts on something, or I'll I'll yeah. favorite something or like something, come back to it after I've seen it, or <laughs> I'll take your suggestions. Like, um, I really appreciate what you're doing there, and um, um, also. Um, TikTok is an incredible place to see a lot of female horror creators. Um, there's some mm-hmm. exceptional ones on there. Um, so I would highly suggest like finding Sydney and then kind of going from there. Um, um, so like, that's just my suggestion. Well, thank you for that. Thank Good you one. guys for coming on this ride with me again. I'm sorry for everything, <laughs> but I hope it was fun. <laughs> Such such a fun ride. Yeah. Uh, and I'll leave the people with this fabulous quote from the movie. Always remember that revenge is for the movies. Ooh. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Not who broke your balls. Not who broke your balls. <laughs> I was trying to end on a on a happier note, if any. Oh, you two have the same posters in your room. The scratch off. Oh, no, oh yeah. Please. Sweatshirts that. and posters. That we're going to rename the podcast as Sweatshirts and Posters. Be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.